Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's episode. In this episode, we are going to do something pretty cool. We are going to go on Flippa, the platform to buy and sell websites. And we're going to show you how you can use the information inside the listings of websites to find really, really useful information for either picking a niche or monetizing your site better. So I hope you're excited. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. We are finally back with Mark for a proper Authority Hacker episode. It's not an interview, it's not like a launch episode or something like that. It is just a proper old school episode. And, you know, I guess we all took a bit of a break for the summer, but there should be, this should be back on the regular now. So if you've been missing this, you should be excited. And because we're kind of coming back to that format, we wanted to do something that you know, we know you like you guys like these more practical episodes where we look at websites, etc. So we wanted to do one of these, and so in today's episode we are going to be looking at sites that were sold on Flippa and talk about Flippa as a platform as well and how fucking awesome it is for as a source of information for anyone who builds websites, even looking for sites that sell in your niche, etc. You'll see you can get a lot of information that you can get nowhere else, and I think it's very underrated as a way to just get information on your niche, find affiliate programs, etc. So we're going to be digging quite a bit into that. But as per usual, when we have a Gail and Mark episode, how's it going, Mark? It's going good. I've had a long time to prepare for this. It's going good. I've just, uh, just come back from my vacation to Spain. And this is what a tanned, for those of you on YouTube, this is what a tanned <laughs> Scottish person looks like, aka not much uh-huh. different to how I, I normally look like. I come back from Normandy and I'm like more tanned than you, you know? I burn, so I'm, I'm always on the factor 50 and it just, you just don't tan from it. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope your research is better than your tan for this episode. That's all I can hope for. But when, before we jump into this, I would like to remind you because we haven't done a very good job at that. But if you guys enjoy these kind of like more practical episodes where we look at stuff, first of all, let us know in the comment section on YouTube. So we really read all the comments. We don't really have that much time to reply to most of them, to be frank. And I think we should do a better job at this. But I definitely check them out very regularly. And we do take in consideration everything that was said. For example, for example, I got a lot of criticism on my interview with Paul, I think, from Golfers Authority. I, I like cut him too much, etc. I definitely took a lot of notes on that to like improve my interviews and so on. So we do read that stuff. But if you also enjoy these kind of episodes, don't forget to subscribe, like, you know, all the stuff you should do on YouTube because, well, that helps these videos get to more people. And that gives us a bit more motivation to do more episodes like this. So now let's jump into this. And I know a lot of people are going to know what Flippa is, but I think I want to talk about more about like its position in the market and what they do, etc. But to make it short, Flippa is a marketplace where people can like freely list their website. I think you have to pay now to do a listing. It used to be free, but I think you have to pay now. And then you can you need to put a bunch of information about the site you have to for sale. You have to provide stuff like proof of earnings, proof of traffic. You have to connect to Google Analytics. They connect back to SEMrush and pull a bunch of data, etc. It's pretty cool. But one thing that really makes Flippa quite different from marketplaces such as, you know, Empire Flippers, FE International, and the more institutionalized marketplaces is that they provide a lot of open data on the sites they have for sale. Very often you can see the domain. Very often you get the exact traffic numbers, the exact revenue sources, etc. And that 
is quite interesting. Uh, it's, it's basically like eBay, but for websites. And just like eBay, you can search for recently sold websites. So we can see and we can identify transactions which have actually occurred. And we can know how much those websites were sold for. And importantly, the domain of the website and all the traffic information, the financials are, are in there as well. This is all public. So you just need to um, sign up for an account and you can you can see it. But once you do that, it's a goldmine of information, and that's the basis for this this podcast. Yeah, I think, first of all, you need to sign up for an account. It's free to sign up for an account, but most of the data is going to be hidden if you are not signed up. So I know, like, I talk about this in the authority side system a bit, and a lot of people get, like, get blocked because they're like, oh, I don't see the data you see in the videos. You need to create an account. There's literally a button on top. Click on the button, and you can sign up with your Google account, or you can use your email if you prefer that. Then it's going to unlock all the data on the listings that we're going to be talking about, etc. So please don't forget to do that if you want to do the same thing here. And so what I wanted to do to make this more practical, this podcast more practical, is really let's jump into a few listings. And, you know, I'm taking the position of like someone who's interested in building a site and kind of looking for the next idea or something. And... What can I extract from these listings that I could not find anywhere else using tools like Ahrefs, SEMrush, looking at the top keywords, etc.? And I mean, for me, I mix the two to kind of like extract more information. But there is data that you will find nowhere else. And also it allows to put in perspective how inaccurate the data of some of these tools that we usually use is because we get the exact data to compare it to. So why don't you take the first one and I'll take the second one. Okay, so the first one I've chosen was sold recently. It's 10powerup.com. It's a site about a niche I've never heard of before, the the generators niche. So the power generators, gas generators for your RV, solar generators for charging your phone. All this pretty cool niche idea, actually, I, I, I must say. This site sold for $85,000 and it was making four to $5,000 per month. Now, I actually looked at the numbers in a little bit more detail because they give you a breakdown of how much it was making each month over the last 12 months. And based on the last three months where revenue's really gone up quite a lot, so it's sort of uh-huh. around the four to 5K range, the multiple that it sold for was only 18 over that three, last three month period. So if you take a multiple over the entire 12 months period, the multiple was 28 because the average was 3K. Was it growing? This is, yes. Yes, it yeah, was. This is interesting though, because that's quite a bit lower of a multiple than you would find typically find sites going for. So it says to me that this is potentially a, a good deal. The site was established in 2018. So it's, you know, relatively new-ish, I guess. It's only DR27, and it's not very difficult to get a site to DR27, especially in three or four years. Ahrefs says it has 10,000 traffic. The reality, which we found from Flippa, is it has 14,000 traffic. So it's 40% off, but it's not not a million miles away because of the the low numbers. It's not too bad. Um, What I would say as well is I've actually been doing some analysis on the difference between uh, what Ahrefs and all the other SEO tools report as organic traffic for sites and what the reality of that situation is. And I will say that the, the common consensus is that Ahrefs massively underreports and some of the others are perhaps more accurate. And that's true to an extent, but I found some pretty interesting 
conclusions when I spoke to a, a data analyst that we've worked with before on, on this, which is kind of goes against common wisdom. So if you subscribe to this YouTube channel, then hopefully later this month, that video is going to be released and you can find out all the juicy details of the data there. Yes, I just did that. So anyway, this site is DR27, as I said. The design and the content, I would say, is average. Let's be honest. This this green, fancy green color average, they've gone average for. Average for you, terrible for me. You know? <laughs> I mean, I would say average for the web. Yeah, if we were, if yeah. it was a site we were building ourselves, you know, as Authority Hacker, we probably wouldn't be so proud of of this one. But let's not take anything away from them. You know, it's still making five k a month with this average design, which should be, I think, really encouraging for anyone just starting out. They do a lot of positive things on their content. They do affiliate tables. I think they're using like AWP to looks like pull it, yeah. some. I'm pull some yeah, it looks pretty standard for like a well thought out, reasonably well thought out affiliate yeah. site. They've got they the pros AWP. and cons list. They've got their decent CTAs. Like it's, they do a lot of things right here. The green and red pros and cons boxes. It just reminds me of of how we used to build sites. You know, six years ago with the original Thrive Content Builder, when you had like those two colors in in there. It's not built on that, but it was just interesting mm-hmm. to see that. I would say. One other thing before I get into some of the lessons which we learned from this that, that kind of I tend to look at with sites when I'm analyzing them is who's behind it? Who's the person behind it? There is a guy on the site, there's one photo of him. And to be honest, I'm not sure if he's a real person. If you scroll down to the bottom of any of the articles, yeah, you can see the, the author box. And uh, Mike Newby, it just looks like one of those photos from Mike Newby. <laughs> it's N E W B Y. I just I just realized okay. that. Like newbie, newbie beginner. But like I'm not certain that this is not a real person, just just to be sure. I did This photo it. is not used on any other site, yeah. I reversed image searched it, couldn't find it anywhere else except from on, on this site, and there's there's not really much of a social presence. It's just branded basically. So there's a site called thispersondoesnotexist.com where you can just generate random images. And it looks like a real person, but it's computer generated and it doesn't exist. So a lot of affiliate sites that don't want to put their own face forward as the face of the site are using that to create these kind of personas, which different people have opinions about it. Like we really try not to do that on on our sites these days. We used to. We have done in the past for sure. But yeah, it's just just something to kind of like think about as well. Um, it's also also remember that the site's been sold. So this may be the new owner who's who's changed it, or this may have always been like this. I don't know. One thing I will say is that if you are selling a site, which is something we've just done recently, having a persona makes it much easier to transfer everything over to the new buyer. So if you're in the middle of doing some email outreach for link building, then you just move that across. If I'm creating Mark Webster at powerup.com or whatever, the domain, 10powerup.com, sorry. I'm not really going to want the new buyer to be talking to everyone as me because they might be like, you know, not saying nice things or like, you know, just if my image is on there, it's like I, I want control over that or how, how I'm perceived on online, really. So that is a pro of of using a persona. It does make that transition a little bit easier. All right. Now, what did you learn from this? From the listing itself, it's very important to read all the details on there because they have actually mentioned four other websites which they own. And th- mm. all those four websites were being sold or are sold also on Flippa. There's a few of them. They're really interesting niches. So there's a stethoscopes.ninja, 
which is a, a stethoscope's <laughs> review site. Yeah. <laughs> first so time I've ever doctor, seen that. If you're a doctor, do you buy from a dot ninja site? <laughs> first first time I've ever seen a dot ninja site, I wouldn't recommend it. Always try and go with dot, dot com. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those kind of like micro niche sites and I, I imagine all doctors need stethoscopes, like medical students, things like that. So it's potentially there's some money in that. But what's most interesting about this list is that they have another website, thegeneratorpower.com, which is in the exact mm. same niche. And it's also making 750 bucks a month. So perhaps what's happened here is that they've built a site, it's been going really well, and they've said, hey, well, why don't we just create another site in the, in the niche as well and be number one and two for all the keywords we're, we're targeting. So what I did was I looked in Ahrefs and they have a, a link intersect tool, which lets you mm-hmm. know, which you can put in multiple sites and you can find out which links they have in common and which links your site doesn't. So for the purposes of this, I just put in their two sites and then Authority Hacker is the other site. So I want to find out which links each of their two sites had that, that we didn't. And of course, we're not going to have many similar links. So it's most likely going to show you most of the links that both of those have. And you can see the, the overlap there. And, and there's quite a lot. They're, they're doubling up on their link building, which is a smart move. You know, they're not going to double their business by creating another site because it just never works, never quite works out that way. But it's a real strategy. And it's, it's something I've seen other people do, creating duplicate sites or similar sites in, in the same niche, targeting a lot of the same keywords. You already know what works. You already know how to make money. You already know which products, which keywords are doing well. And you can come in and, and, and make like an extra, what was it, like 25, 30% income compared to what the, the, the main site yeah. was. What is interesting is, is I'm looking at their link profile. I'm not going to say who, but I see a link from one of our podcast guests, actually. <laughs> like I know the site. It's not a public site, but I know the site. I can see like, and it's quite interesting. I'm wondering if uh, if it's him or not. But I also see a bunch of links from like related niche sites like this urbanadventure.org for example etc i'm wondering if it's their site or if they made trades actually yeah so this is one thing that a lot of people are kind of thinking about when when buying a site is most people will put a site into hrefs and they'll analyze the backlinks but like how do you do that and what should you expect because if you go by what you you hear on even on on our podcast and stuff we're like like just build good good links like avoid shitty links that kind of thing most websites, including ours, if they've been around for any amount of time, will pick up yeah, a decent amount of shit links because there are scraper sites. Uh, all these sort of keyword tools and stuff seem to seem to somehow link to every site on on the internet. Uh, maybe it's like a way of generating traffic, traffic. not traffic. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, like get, getting people, people checking to- HFs. See these links, click on it, and then they're like, oh, yeah, like, a who's that? Tool. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll I'll use this one. So just naturally, you're going to pick up a ton of these. There's also sites out there that will scrape your site and just repost the content. I'm not really quite sure why they do this, but uh, they there's tons of sites out there that that do that. And so if you look at any site's link profile, you'll always see a lot of these shit links. And the presence of those is not necessarily a red flag when you're buying a site, especially in a low DR one like this is DR27, because DR is a reflection of the number and quality of, of links you have in Ahrefs book, at least. You're not going to find a lot of, of really good good links on here. So one good way to, to start doing that, though, is to sort by DR, and then I think you can do by like one link per domain. 
and look at it that way. Here's my question, though. Here's my main question to go back to the topic of the podcast, because you're talking a lot about Ahrefs, but what did you learn from this listing that you could not learn from Ahrefs if you had found this site on Google? The genuine traffic numbers, which they, which they have, and mm-hmm. how much money they actually make. Ahrefs will, yeah. and all the other tools will have oh, that's bullshit, yeah. estimated numbers, like traffic value. And what that is, the traffic value, it's how much it would cost to pay for that traffic on PPC, on Google Ads, uh, because Ahrefs can get the estimated CPCs of the keywords, which it ranks for, and, and how much traffic it thinks it gets. That number is, I don't know too many people that use it as like an accurate thing just because monetization of sites and, and oh, the Jesus, estimations yeah. are, are, are way They just up, give so. you a number of like the worth of your traffic in AdWords. But like you would probably not buy these keywords if you were paying for them. And because of the, long, the way long term works, it's like you're, not, you're even getting traffic. So it's kind of useless. It's just kind of cool. I guess it's like it, people put that in SEO reports for clients. If you're doing more, yeah, that's, that's one thing for, for clients. If you are doing more like PPC and looking at what your competitors are ranking for and how you can like get up there quickly, then maybe it's there's some use to it. But as an overall metric, it's not good. What we really want to see, and this is what Flipper gives us, is the revenue. Like how much yep. how much money it's making. Uh, it depends on like how they're how they're doing it. This site has a lot of of Amazon. But the site which I'm going to talk about later, it's monetized on, on AdSense. And Flippa makes them actually connect their AdSense to Flippa, so it's verified. So they can't like cheat or or bullshit you on that as well. Okay, let's jump on the next one. Oh, by the way, before we jump on the next one, would you buy this site or would you build a competitor from scratch? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, actually. To be honest, I would probably buy that site. I don't okay. think you would buy it at eighty-five thousand. Yeah, the reason for that is that the. The multiple is very low. I think. Yeah. Okay. If you buy this site, and it, honestly, it doesn't even need a rebrand. It's not that bad. The competition's pretty weak in this in this space. But you could buy that site, like do it up a bit, do some on-page tweaks, improve the link building a, a little bit, and six months later, turn around and flip it for a lot more. I, I I think the problem is it's one of these sites that could get penalized in an, in an update. Yeah. You know, it's like. But it's not too the, bad the, to be honest. I think it it's not too worse. bad, but like the content, it's not great. It has a lot of this. They've just rewritten the Amazon product description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not that much like genuine reviewness in it. I just made up that word, reviewness. Yes, sounds like me. There's not that much of it of it in there, and it feels like anyone else could, any standard four cents writer could could write this content. So they haven't really like created much of a barrier around them with that. So for that reason, I'm, I'm, I mean, we don't generally buy many sites, but I would be hesitant about it. But it just does seem like quite a good deal, to be honest. So you, you, you would say there's good deals on Flipper? Yeah, that's the thing. And there are good deals on Flipper. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really bad deals on Flipper, especially at the lower end, sites that aren't making much money. They're, they're just not, most, most of the time, they're just not good deals. They're being sold on potential. Whereas the sites yep. that do make money are being sold based on how much they're actually making rather than their potential. They'll, they'll hype, hype up the potential in the, in the description and stuff, but the price tends to reflect their current earnings at least. And what I've noticed on Flippa is that there's a real skew towards how much they've been making over the last 12 months, which is yeah. fine. But sometimes you can find that a site's kind of like, you know, been at a plateau for nine months and then it's just shot up. And in the last three months, it's at this new level. Um, but because they're averaging it over the last 12 months, 
then the price, the multiple, doesn't necessarily reflect yeah, what it's, it's currently good. at. And there's a risk in that because it could go back down, obviously. But that's one of the situations where you can get a good deal. Yeah, I think it's the effect of these like crazy Google updates, you know, like traffic just jumps up and down. And it's like it makes multiples weird. And but there's probably opportunities for people who like are willing to take measured risks pretty much. One thing I will say though about this as well is this site was in itself a flip. So it was actually bought. It's very frequent on FIPA. Yeah, yeah, it's very common. And they'll often tell you that in the description as well. But this site was bought three months ago. And so this they've they've turned it around, increased the the revenue, and seem to have sold it for, for quite a bit more. I don't think they tell us how much they bought it for back then, but yeah, business model to consider as well. Yeah. Okay, let me jump on to the next one, which is going to be electric.travel. It looks like the people do like shitty TLDs on Flipart, mostly because they're trying to get keywords, I think. And I think that's the that's the thing. So that's a site that was sold only 35 days ago at the time at which we're recording. So end of June 2021. And it's a site about electric vehicles, but you know, like scooters and like skateboards and stuff like that, not Teslas, you know? And they are, yeah, they're pretty high DR. They had 14,894 visits per month and Atrus was estimating around 8,600. So that's still like 74% more than what Ahrefs estimated. So it's still quite a big difference. And the um, revenue, $2,194 per month. And what I'm looking at here is the revenue per visitor. So for example, this site made $0.13 per visitor. Well, the site that you had before, if you make the same calculation, was making $0.37 cents per visitor. It's quite interesting. Like I like comparing niches on like how much a visitor is worth. And then after that, I'm asking the question, how easy is it to get a visitor, you know? And then you kind of get an idea of like how worth it a niche is compared to the other. So I like to look at revenue, traffic, and difficulty. And so uh, revenue, we looked at it, we're basically at this uh, 13 cents per visitor. Now the question, how difficult is it? So the way I do this is I actually go on the top pages on Ahrefs. So I throw the site on the top pages and I look at the top keywords of the top pages, right? It's like, you know, you kind of like 80, 20, twice. And you get an idea of like how difficult these keywords are. And if you look at keyword difficulty, you get an idea. In this case, it's actually not too bad, surprisingly, because you'd imagine it's a hot niche or something, but these guys actually targeted single reviews. And for example, their top page is the review of like a Raptor 2, which is skateboard, for example. And, you know, they rank for the actual keyword. They rank for like Raptor 2, for example, number three, 700 search volume, and it's a KD3 keyword. It's pretty it's pretty easy to rank for. And all, most of their top pages are single reviews. It's kind of in the same boat, like below five keyword difficulty. So it looks like it's not that hard to get some traffic in this niche if you go for single reviews at least. And they're making OK money still quite a bit lower than what you had with your generator's website, which is how we start comparing niches and where Flipart becomes interesting for me because I can get to compare it. And I also read, um, I like to read what people say about the listing so that I can get information. For example, they say the backlink profile should be improved in the offer. And so what I did is I went to check like how good are that link building. And if you look at just the overview, you'll see that it goes up quite a lot, actually. But then you go in the backlinks and you'll see again a lot of these scraper sites and so on. And it's pretty shit. I don't think they've done like some quality guest posting or something like that. So they've achieved pretty decent traffic. I mean, 14K is like a decent start, really without doing anything high quality. It's just they've mostly posted and done. To be honest, I think they've done some like 
block comments and stuff like that. Some pretty shitty stuff, basically. So that was quite interesting. And then the last thing I like to look at as well, if I'm considering that niche, is monetization. Because I know how much money this site makes. And then if you dig a little bit, you will find exactly where the money comes from. So one thing that they wrote on the listing was after Amazon, a fair program cuts its rate, considerable work was carried on to diversify the site's earnings through independent affiliate program to reduce the reliance on Amazon. The business has since seen significant growth of revenue and traffic, uh, and it's an upward trend over the last few months. So I was like, well, that's quite interesting. So these guys have done testing for independent affiliate programs. And so if I was starting an EV site, I mean, electric vehicle minus cars, I should be looking at what these guys are promoting because if I look at their revenue, it's going up. And, it, you know, many times when you test affiliate programs, you know how it works, right? It's like 80% of the time you're making less money than you made before. 20% of the time you make more money and then you're super happy and that's it. So hopefully these guys have done a good job and hopefully that is helping me, even if I don't buy this site, pick the right affiliate programs. So the way I did this is I went into Ahrefs again and I looked at the linked domain report. And because, you know, to make money from affiliate marketing, you need to link to, you need to use affiliate links. And then I just started looking at affiliate links. And well, I did find uh, affiliate programs quite easily. The first one I found was called Apollo Scooters and they pay 6% commission. And it was the most linked to independent affiliate program. And that's actually what I like about this report in Ahrefs is they tell you how many links to, how many links they're using, right? So. For example, this Apple FA programs was the one getting the most links at, out of all the, the these ones. So I, it's telling me it's working quite well for them because they're pushing it pretty hard. And then I found one on ShareASell called Highboy that pays 8%, $400 average sell. So that's about $32 on average commissions per sell. And yeah, 8% 30 days basically. And so it took me five minutes to find tested affiliate programs and I know exactly how much this site is making. So. I think this is really because what's happened. So on on the flip of listing, they actually have attachments for the income from every single affiliate program they have. Oh fuck! Really? Broken down by affiliate program, so this, it's even better. You can there's, oh, wow. there's literally like that, eighteen right. screenshots. But but they do share or sell without the breakdown. But there's a, a video, uh, a five minute video where the guy uh, goes through all his details and all his spreadsheets for it and, and stuff as well. So, yeah. But that, that this, data this is, is the amazing. beauty of Flipper. Yeah. Exactly. You're never getting like, this anywhere else. Actually, yeah, Apollo Earnings is here, so I can actually see. Yeah, you can see they have $2,476 approved commissions from them. So, but like, I, that's why I saw in the links on the site. But the beauty of this is now that I know this affiliate program is making money, I can go in Ahrefs and find the pages that link to Apollo and see the angles and the keywords they're using to actually make this happen. So it's like, you can for, really For, for anyone together. who's listening to this, we're, we're talking about Apollo, not Apple. Gail's pronunciations, uh, like I, I thought you were saying Apple there. I was like, what, what are they selling? Uh, no, they're not selling Apple products. But you, you can see how mixing Ahrefs and, um, and Flipper data, you get the whole picture. And you would not get that just Googling keywords and looking at sites and not knowing how much this page makes, etc. Like this is so powerful to have this, this stuff. And that's a really, really good example. Obviously not all sales listing have this much detail, but that's an example of one that is like really, really deep. and. I understand this niche so much more after just going through this listing than I did before, whether I buy this listing or not. And I think that is quite powerful, especially if you combine that. And also reading the listing, I think it was really well documented because they also explained to you the seasonality of the niche. So you can expect, uh, you can just see how the earnings are going to work. So they say, 
The site has a strong Black Friday Cyber Monday strategy, and traffic and revenue have historically built throughout the year in the lead up to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the Christmas deals period. So basically, what you can probably know is that your, your revenue is going to spike in November, December, and it's going to go down, and it's going to steadily go back up all the way back up to the end of the year. And that's what you can expect in terms of earning curves. And again, before you decide to go into a business, you probably can see some of that in Google Trends, but I'm not sure because purchase decision is a bit different from like search trends. This is actually a bit more accurate to see that. And I think this is really, really good to understand this data before you jump into a niche, etc. So that is how, like that is for me the quintessential example of like how finding a niche on Flippa is so much more powerful than just Googling stuff when you get the right example, which is not always the case, obviously, you don't get all the niches represented, etc. But that is so powerful because like this tells me exactly which FA programs I should go after looking at this. It's quite it's invaluable market data you will get nowhere on no other broker, pretty much. Would you buy this site? 55k, but like they went, if you look at the fine, ah, 1,700 for 55k, what's the multiple then? It's 25 it's 30 multiple. times multiple? No, the net yeah. pro- average net profit is 2,174 a month. I mean, to be frank, I like building sites from scratch usually, but this site's pretty okay, actually. I think it's, I mean, it needs a bit of a redesign. It doesn't look very good, but I think it's all right. I, I'd say it's not a bad deal. And like the review pages look really cool, actually. Uh, if you go check, like, uh, they have, like, these nice call to actions, etc. So, yeah, I would consider buying this site. I think it's, uh, I think the content is cool. They even have original photos and so on. So I quite like it. And it's not too crazy, 55K. One that thing site. that, like, I'm just not 100% sure of, and I think this maybe applies to, like, bicycle niche as well, is do people with electric scooters... How likely are they to buy them online versus maybe go to a store, try them out? and I think it's hard to see all of them. Online. Are they buying it straight away? Are you maybe losing, especially with Amazon, 24-hour cookie? Are you losing the cookie before they're like, oh, okay, now I'll buy it? Yeah, I think, but like, I think the point of this market, and you need to know it a bit, there's some like cool brands that people like. Like people do build brand loyalty the same way they do with Scars or something like this. So for example, what, they actually closed, but this, um, you know, Casey Neistat had like this uh, boosted board, right? This yeah, yeah. Board, and people were crazy for that. And they're not in stores, right? So there is, like, I'm pretty sure this Apollo brand is uh, it's trying to do something similar. And some of these brands with these FA programs, I think they can be quite juicy, actually. There's also a lot of news in this market, like, you know, like new models, updates, firmware updates, etc. that you can, that people that are interested in each care about, and you can monetize with ads. They have ads on the site as well. Uh, I think they're using, um, they don't have anything that says they're on Mediavine or AdTribe, so it looks like they're just using Bayes AdSense, which means there's an opportunity to move the site to like AdTribe Mediavine and make more money. But overall, yeah, it's like, I, I got so much information from that listing. It's crazy. I didn't know that niche very well, but now I have all the FA programs. I know more or less which ones do make money, which ones don't make money. I know how much I make per sale, etc. It actually looks pretty like a pretty good niche. So just to close it out, this shows you what how good Flipper can be if you read the listings properly. Do you want to do the last one? I, I will, but I, I just want to say as well, like looking through Flipper and similar sites as well, it's actually one of the tactics which we teach in the authority site system for beginners. Like we spend a when people are starting building a, a their first authority site, there's an inclination to oh, just pick whatever niche is in front of me or something I like and and not really analyze it and get to know the, the numbers. But we teach people to spend an, a really a lot of time, sometimes weeks, months even, 
in researching and analyzing uh, different niches, weighing up uh, the, the options before you choose one. Because once you've chosen it, it's like that's it. You're you're committed for several years, most most likely. So, yeah, it's 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 just worth spending some extra time doing this this research. And if you want to learn more yeah. about the authority site system, you can go to authorityhackertraining.com where we have a, a free webinar where we talk you through, was it the five steps, five stage model we used to start authority five sites steps. in Straight 2021? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, go check it out. It talks about the authority system, but there's also a bunch of this kind of stuff actually in there. Anyway, let's jump on to okay. the last example. This is an interesting site. And n- not from the point of view, like I, f- I first opened it up and I thought, God, this looks like a boring site, but it's a really interesting business. So the site is antique-marks.com. It's a site about antiques and historical stuff, which is something really doesn't interest me in the slightest. And the <laughs> fact that there's a, and stuff. There's the fact that there's a hyphen in the domain name, I, I really don't like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a pet peeve thing of, of mine. I don't recommend doing that. Back when we started doing this in sort of late 2000s, early 2010 kind of time, it was really common for people to buy a domain name, which was something like, I don't know, left-handed-mouse.com. Because no one else yeah. has that, no one else has the, the hyphens. And back in those days, Google was placing a big emphasis on exact match domains, uh, and that would count as one. So it would be easier to rank for keywords which had those those three words in them. Now this site is actually 15 years old, so maybe it comes from a, a similar sort of time when when people were doing that, which may explain the the hyphen there. As I said, though, it's an antique resource site. It has 116,000 organic visitors per month. And that's steady. So for a 15-year-old site, having steady traffic like that, that's that's a pretty good sign. It has sold for $53,000 just recently. And it was actually bought on Flippa in 2016 for $33,000. So ah, I wouldn't say it was like the best flip in the world. That doesn't look like they've increased the revenue that much over the last five years. You would have probably made more money putting your your money and certainly Bitcoin, if not, um, you know, just the S and P 500 in that time. However, if we look at the last 12 months, uh, it's making $1,150 per month, which gives it a 46 multiple, which is pretty high. I would say if you look at just the last six months, making about 1.5 K a month, which would give it a 37 multiple. So pretty high up there. What is justifying this, this multiple? Well, I'll tell you what, and it's what you alluded to before. It's AdSense. It's the presence of AdSense. Any site on the internet which is monetized by AdSense, if you can buy it, you should. If you buy it for an okay price, you should. For because the multiple, yeah. all you do is you go to Mediavine or AdThrive or potentially Azoic and you put their managed ads on there instead. And your RPM, the revenue per thousand visitors you get, will almost certainly, like 99.9 times out of 100, will increase significantly. So I worked out the RPM of this site, which is the revenue per thousand visitors, and it's $13.8, which is, it's not terrible for, it's not for terrible, AdSense, yeah. but Mediavine AdSense, uh, AdDrive will, will do better, uh, almost certainly. So the business model here would be buy the site, switch it to AdDrive or Mediavine, get higher RPM, site instantly makes more money. You can flip it straight away or you can hold it and 
and earn. And if we look at the site now, that is exactly what happened. they've done. Yeah, I saw it. We can tell that by at the very bottom of the page, it says exclusive member of Mediavine Home. I'm not sure what Mediavine Home exactly means, but they do uh, have like multiple multiple categories. I think okay. what they do is they categorize advertiser per categories of sites. So that okay. they have more targeted ads. But this in itself is an opportunity to find more sites on, on Mediavine. So if you if you just put in Google in quotation marks exclusive member of Mediavine or exclusive member of Mediavine, you find home, all of them, yeah. You'll find every site which has this on their homepage. And the thing with Mediavine is you need to have is it thirty thousand or hundred thousand traffic to, to go on there? Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. And fifty thousand visitors a month in order to get on there. So it's it's fairly decent sites that you're you're gonna find. And you made a video of this on on the YouTube channel. Was it earlier this year or, or uh, last year? I can't remember. I've mentioned um, that, yeah. About finding affiliate sites and, and whatnot. And this is just a, a really good way of, of finding good sites that you can learn from and, and model from. Okay, okay you're not going to have all the data that Flippa has, but yeah, you can find all the media find sites by, by doing this. But what I liked as well about this is I had no idea this was a niche. And I started looking at the keywords and there's so many keywords. And you know what I like a lot about this niche is that we're talking about antiques. Which means it's like as evergreen as it's ever going to be. Like old items are going to stay old items. There's not going to be an update to it or something like this. So yeah. every page you're, what you're writing can stay that way for, you know, there's a lot of niches now where like, you know, there's updates, new models, etc., And it forces you to rewrite the same content, which essentially eats your resources away just to maintain your revenue. Whereas for this antique side, because, you know, old items are going to stay the same, you can really just focus on doing a really good job at your page once and just move on to the next one and never really touch these pages again and have a large site, which is really good when you're monetizing with ads. So to me, what this did as well is it made me look into a niche I would probably not have thought of if I didn't see this listing on Flippa. And that's what I like a lot. I would say as well that you and I, we're in our, our mid-30s. Most internet marketers are probably between about 20 to to sort of mid 40s, early 50s, just because it wasn't really a thing before that. And they tend to be male as well. And so I would imagine that the people interested in antiques are maybe not the same kind of people who are interested in internet marketing. So for that reason, yeah. you, you won't have sense, as yeah. much competition by marketers in there. You have competition by people who just really care about antiques and stuff. And so if you look at a site and your first impression is, oh, that looks shit, it's so old, like I don't care about this, then don't try not to discount that site as a business opportunity straight away because if you're thinking that, so might myself and Gail and all the other potential marketers which may want to start sites in there. And so that mean may mean the, the competition is less for you. I was actually trying to have a have a look at like how the site's built because there's like .html in the domain, oh, yeah, which okay. I thought meant it's not on WordPress, but then there is some WordPress in the code and yeah, stuff. It could be. It could be. I'm just it's like it was a little not bit updated or something, you know? Oh, it's just like I, I don't know how like WordPress updates manage these really, really old sites. Like maybe they keep the same stuff. But I mean you could probably like redesign the site, etc. and like update it and so on. But overall, it's a good niche, I think. I really like it. I thought that, okay, this is an old site. This is going to be like super slow. It's going to fail Core Web Vitals. No, okay. I put it in, it gets a 96 on desktop. Yeah, it's okay. So maybe they've watched your Core Web Vitals blueprint. <laughs> Available at authorityhacker.com forward slash Core Web Vitals, uh, by the way. <laughs> um, and so it gets a 97, which is a green full pass on a desktop. Only 67 on mobile, which is yellow, which is still okay because Google said they're not going to yeah, be fine at the moment. Yellow. 
you're not really going to get penalized for this if you're unless you're you're in the red. Another thing I found as well for this niche. No, no, one more thing is I actually I was looking for affiliate programs. I was like, oh, can I? It's making good. It's going to make. You know, I was calculating. It's probably going to make like three k from ads instead of like one point seven k once you shoot to like Mediavine or something, which is a really nice increase. But I believe there's an opportunity to also use affiliates and to like find like antique sites, etc. Like because. The thing with this is like you can't just go to IKEA and buy antiques, right? These items, there's like few of them and they're quite unique and so on. So I would say people are more likely to order them online because they're hard to find physically close to where they live than, you know, more common items. So I actually looked for it and I did find like quite a few. I found like 10% 30-day cookie commissions on something called Auction King. And I found another one also 10% 30-days called a Castle Antique. So there is opportunities. And I think if you just like link to some items in your content, even if it's like info content, I think you could be making some okay commissions and maybe make an extra 20% income or something. So I think it's going to be mostly on that play, but you can make affiliate your like secondary income, the same way some affiliate sites make their ads their secondary income. It's kind of flipped around, you know? And so there's opportunities here, and I think that could be quite, you could make quite good money. And it's like, if you add all these things up, plus the easy keywords, plus the people who are bad at IM as competitors, etc. Um, yeah, I think it, it's one of these plays where it's like, yeah, you're not going to be a multimillionaire, but like making five figure per month with very little work with a site like that is very possible. One interesting thing that stood out when I was looking at the link profile is the sheer number of Wikipedia links that they they have. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, there are thousands of them across all different countries' versions of, of Wikipedia. So they're listed as sources in a lot of articles talking about like a one yen coin, for example, uh, which I guess doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's an antique, mm. uh, but they're they're listed listed as a source in in there. Now, Wikipedia links, all these Wikipedia links nowadays are no follow. But my suspicion, I mean, Google's told us as much that it's taking, if you say put no follow tag, it's treating that as a suggestion rather than the definitive state of things. And my suspicion is that these Wikipedia links are passing some some kind of authority or link juice forward. I I want to precise that. No follow stops page rank from flowing, but it does not stop other signals such as relevancy and things like that. So it's like no links can be useful. They just like I always say that thing. It's like page rank is kind of like the reactors of a plane. And then relevancy and all these factors, they kind of like they set the direction, like the wings of the plane to like turn it left, right, etc. And it's like I think it's more like that. So I would say there's value in Wikipedia links for just the sheer relevancy of like a specialized page that links to you. A Wikipedia links in itself is, a, is an interesting story, and we could probably make a full podcast just just on this. But there is an actual industry of people who are selling links on on Wikipedia. Now, the ne- definition of a wiki is anyone could go in and edit it, but because Wikipedia is the biggest wiki in the world. You can't just go in. I mean, you, you can create an account and you can go and add a link there, but it's going to get deleted straight away because tons of SEOs have tried to do this and they're, the editors are pretty good at, at, at spotting when people, people do that, especially on new accounts. So what people do now is they find editors who have like established credentials and who've been on there a, a long time and who are going to get sort of audit, audited less. There's going to be less scrutiny on them when they're, they're making changes and they'll pay them or bribe them to put a link to to their, their their site in there. So that is a that is a thing that happens on a lot of, of other sites as well. I haven't done it ourselves, but I know I know plenty of people who who do, 
And it's one, one of these things that if you go to any uh, SEO conference back when the, this pandemic uh, eventually finishes, you'll, you'll hear people talking, talking about it a lot. And one other thing kind of on a related note I wanted to, to bring up is there's, there's, I guess, common wisdom or correlation analysis, which, which has been done, which shows that more established websites, uh, sites which are older, tend to rank better. And the question we've discussed this before is, is that because they're old or is that because old sites over time acquire more, more links okay. and links is, is, is good? I don't know. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there because this, <laughs> Thank is, you a, for that. <laughs> this is a this, this is a 15-year-old site and we, we don't see too many sites uh, kind of yeah, that that's age, pretty, which are still doing relatively well. Yeah. So I think, I mean, a site that old that's doing quite well is, is a quite interesting one. It wasn't sold for that much. And the uh, ads opportunity, this one, yes, I would buy. This one, I liked it a lot. I think there's, I mean, it's it's quite good. Even the tech, etc., is decent. Like I, I would just not even try to fix that. I would just add more content and go deep into anti-keyword research, which I think has millions of keywords of like old coins and old vases and everything, and just monetize with Mediavine plus some affiliate marketing. So I quite like it. Okay. Let's wrap this podcast up with a few common questions because, you know, this, a lot of this stuff was really interesting, but Flippa is also a platform with limitations and I don't want everyone to just go ahead and buy the, a random site on Flippa. I think the first question is, should you buy sites on Flippa or should you just do market research? What would you think? Both. To be honest, until we did this podcast, my view of Flippa was it's only shit sites that list on, on Flippa. Why would I bother? Uh-huh. However... Uh, from a market research point of view, it's it's obviously really good. I mean, the amount of information we've we've learned t- today is incredible. You you don't get that anywhere else, uh, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But most of these opportunities, most of the, the the sites we're talking about today, are great opportunities. I will caveat that by saying we searched for sites which had been recently sold. So the fact that it had been recently sold probably means that they're a decent opportunity, right? There's not too many idiots out there just buying sites for fun. Most people are are quite savvy with the, this kind of stuff, so I think that this may be a kind of like what do you call it, like selection bias or something in, in yeah, the way that we've searched. If There's you're just looking through, that don't sell that if, shit, you know. If you're looking through the sites f- which are still available to buy and bid on, then you're probably going to find a lot more crap in there. Yeah, I agree it, because obviously they don't sell, and so you, we didn't find them in that research. But yeah, overall, I think. Flippa, there is a, but obviously the sites that you're going to find there, they're not perfect. That It's like, that's not the point. And buying a perfect site, you're going to pay the price for it. It's not, you're not going to make a profit. The point is to buy a site that has work that is needed, then improve it, and then either resell it or just get the, the checks every month, basically. So yeah, Flippa can be good, but it's not like there's tons and tons of great opportunities. You need to dig for it. But for market research, it's quite amazing if you have a listing like this uh, electric vehicle one, for example. I wanted to also talk quickly about the most common scams on Flippa. There's a lot of scams on Flippa that are happening, and I think you need to be a little bit careful. And that's why I don't recommend newbies go and buy a site there, for example, if you're not very savvy in looking at link profiles, etc. It's quite dangerous because one common scam, for example, is like the site is ranking up because the owner has PBNs that like pushes the rankings up. So they have their own blog network and they have links. And they sell the site and then they cut the links and they link to their new site instead. And then that site just loses rankings and you've just paid for traffic that just doesn't exist anymore because it relies on these links. So it's like identifying PBNs. It's quite tricky as well because these PBNs could be blocking HFs, etc. So buying a site, I would check on multiple tools 
building profile, not just on one. That's why substat is quite useful because everyone forgets to block substat. Um, and so I actually get some data that uh, you don't get on Ahrefs, for example. There's also a lot of sites that uh, got hit by updates and penalties, so you want to look for that. Sometimes it's an opportunity. If you make a specialty of yours to like recover core updates, Site, like sites that got hit by core updates, I think you can make amazing deals, recover them, resell them for much more money than what you paid. But just make sure that because they're using the 12 months average, you could get screwed not looking properly at the stats and the site just dropped a lot and then it actually makes a lot less money than the listing says on average and you spend way more than you should on this site. A lot of sites have really shitty link profiles and they're prone to be hit by the next update and you need to be quite careful of that. So I recommend that you have some expertise into looking into link profiles before you buy a site on Flipper. And also some site, some people also what they do is they make, you know, they make a video with like their Amazon earnings, etc. But what they do is they uh, take the, the whole Amazon account and they have multiple sites on there and they'll show you that, etc. So you need to be quite careful. Like I would probably look at like the affiliate ID of the links on the site, for example, uh, if it's not shortened links because shortened links kind of hide that. Maybe if you click, you see it in the URL bar. But anyway, like make sure that what you see on the video and on the earning reports matches what you see on the website and that it's not just, you know, like they could have two sites, one that makes a lot of money, one that makes a little. They put the site that makes a little money, show the whole Amazon account and then scam you. You know, Flippa is a very much of a self-serve platform. So there's not much support if you make a bad transaction, etc. So it's up to you to really do your due diligence. But that also means that for the people who do a good job, there is opportunities there, like a few of the sites that we've shown today. Another thing that I've seen is people selling pre-made sites. Basically, they make a task site and they sell it on Flippa. Uh, usually quite a bit worse, to be honest, uh, like the content is not very good, etc. Is this an opportunity? I find these sites quite overpriced, to be honest, usually. So I find, uh, if you find a good price, maybe it can be a good deal. But it really, like, I find these quite expensive, usually. So uh, it really depends. If you have a pre-made site that is not very expensive, usually they don't make money, so you really just pay for the work. I would prefer spending a bit more money on the site that makes some money if you're going to buy your website. Otherwise, I tend to prefer building my size the way I want with the latest tech, etc., which you tend to not always have with these. Anything else to say on Flipper? Like, um, Positive experience overall? Yeah, positive experience overall. I, I talk about it in Authority Hacker Pro, actually. When I was doing research for the selling your site blueprint, uh, I spoke to quite a few people who had sold mm -hmm. their sites on, on Flippa. And they, they were all sort yeah, of like so five-figure five figure sites, but largely positive experience uh, as a seller as well. I think the, the, the key is providing lots of information and just not taking shit from people. Apparently, you get a lot of... Um, of people trying to like yeah. oh, sell me off here, I'll send you Bitcoin or like, like you know, scammy stuff. So you just got to have your wits about you a little bit. There's a lot of dodgy people as well. Like, let's be honest, it's like that there will be weird people you will interact with if you buy or sell there, etc. So it's, it's, you know, it's a bit the jungle, but there's some gems to find in there. But yeah, let us know in the comments as well if you would like us to just go through more platforms like Flippa, for example, and kind of like draw conclusions on how you can use these to, you know, make more money, get some value, etc. Because I can think of a few other places similar to Flippa, like ProBlogger, etc. And how to use these things to essentially make better decisions, make some money with your sites, get some information, that kind of stuff. So or if you if you if you want to know if you want to know like how to analyze a site that's for sale and whether you should buy it or not, we could we could maybe do an episode on that, that kind of stuff. So yeah. again, let us know if you're interested in that. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. If you guys enjoyed this episode, drop us a thumb up, subscribe, and we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Bye.